You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chris Scales, David Flowers, Greg Hectus, Michael Morley, and William Gibson. Hey, guys. Hello. What's up, Mike? How's it going? Hey. Uh, hey. Well, got a big group. Uh, thanks for coming. Let's talk about one of the crown jewels of the NASCAR uh, iRacing schedule, Charlotte, uh, the 600. Uh, the Coke 600 uh, is a full-length race, and uh, that's 400 laps at a mile and a half. And, boy, uh, four-plus hours for sure. And so Wednesday fixed, I'll start out uh, – Got wrecked out multiple times. Um, I finally quit and parked it with about an hour left. Uh, only lost about 20 I rating, though. But uh, this was the event that I, I was wanting to definitely run the next event that evening. And David was like, I don't think you're going to get it done in time, Mike. Uh, if you start that race, you're not going to be done for the other one. And sure enough, uh, it ran... Uh, about five or ten minutes longer than the start of the other race. And I was being very optimistic, thinking it would be done in three and a half hours. And uh, Chris, I think yours finished right as we were going to queue, I think. Yeah. Yeah, man, those races were super long. Yeah, I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, optimistic was an understatement there. Yeah, and so a lot of the team members would only run one of the two events on Wednesday or Thursday, I was intent. I was going to run both, but I ended up, uh, you know, leaving an hour early out of the first race. Uh, I'll talk for Tony. Uh, he's not here with us tonight. He got a P eight. Uh, he seemed. He said it seemed like every caution happened right in right in front of me. Eventually, his lack uh, his luck ran out. Uh, put me about thirty laps down, but was still able to battle with another racer and keep in it you know things interesting while trying to make it to the finish and uh ran it till the end so p8 a top 10 just for finishing uh chris you not not so well p21 for your result yeah i was in the same race if i remember right i think uh tony and i were in the same split but um we were both pretty quick in that race but uh, neither one of us could dodge all the the wrecks and I got caught up in more than he did and ended up P21, I think. Yep. And I think you left uh, with 60 to go there. Uh, Will, you finished uh, P15. Not a bad run. Yeah, I. Um, it was a good race. Um, I'm a couple splits higher than Chris and Tony, so we had a little less attrition and ran really hard, ran in towards the front most of the race, top three. Over the longer run, I started to fall off a little bit, but not too bad. And then I got doored. Going into one and two, got a little damage and never really recovered and gained that track position back. Then we had a restart around lap, just shy of lap 200. And there's a little net code issue going into one. We were about six inches apart. We didn't physically touch, but it turned me straight into the wall, destroyed the car. Uh, was limping it around, got up to P12. And then the engine kind of let go with like 50 laps left. So I, I muscled as long. Muscled on as long as I could, but ended up P15. Yep, not a bad run. And so Wednesday night, uh, Mike, you and I ran. I got a top 10, and I didn't really write anything about it, but boy, I was happy with a good run uh, to be able to finish top 10. It was just more of a luck thing and just being, you know, persevere and, you know, staying out of trouble is what it was about and the car was in one piece you know at the end of the race so that was really what it was about and keeping the fenders on it you know uh and then mike you got a p4 so tell us about that yeah i had a fast car um it was a pretty good race for the first 120 laps or so and um i ended up getting involved with a wreck uh, a guy bounced off of the pit walls on the inside and bounced back up into turn one uh, the guy in front of me ended up smoking him and kind of twisted him in the air. And uh, it looked like I was able to dodge down on the inside on him. But it, um, I guess apparently it caught my roof. And yeah, and that was that was pretty much it. And um, I was checking out actually on the replay. And I noticed that there was actually a car that went through my car uh, within that same amount of time. That gave me damage on all four corners of my car. 
So I, I pretty much limped her home for the last 275 laps. Didn't even pit in for the, the five minutes worth of damage, and I managed to scrape by P4, which is crazy. P4 <laughs> eight laps down. That's what's crazy. Yeah, yeah, eight laps down too. Sorry. Yeah, that's crazy. Holy cow. That is a crazy finish, but P4, um, not bad. Uh, so Thursday uh, fixed. I ran. I got wrecked out about halfway. Blew the engine. Uh, the guy who hit me, and he just came down into me, said he had a Windows update pop up on his screen. You know, uh, Windows 10 wanting to update or something, and he lost control or vision or something and wrecked into me. And uh, what can you do? You know, you just park the car and be done with it. That's very unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Greg, what'd you what'd you do? You got a P three. On on the Thursday open, yeah, I did. Yeah, on the on the Thursday open, Mike, Greg, Mike, and uh, Morley and me all were in the same split. They actually qualified first and second, and I qualified 10th. So, I mean, not bad for us qualifying. It was result all three cars in the top 10. It just it just ended up becoming a complete slugfest. Um, 300 laps in, two spins, and then by the end of it, I was down 11 laps and – or no, I was down 13 laps and still finished fifth because – by the last hundred laps, I think I was one lap down, or it might have been two, and there was only three people left on the lead lap, and Greg was one of them. Yeah, I actually believe in that race that we we had all three cars in the top five at one point. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we, we actually did. were all running. We all we ran four, fifth, and sixth for about I think it was thirty laps. Photo option. There was also yeah. a fuel strategy in that race, too. There was a whole bunch of different ones. Mike was running a different strategy than me and the other guys that were up front because uh, Mike got all a little off-sequence, and then I eventually spun her, and I had to get off-sequence uh, for a bit, too. So it was it was playing a strategy, and then the guy that finished second ran out of fuel in the last lap and just coasted across the line as I was coming up towards him to pass him at the line. Yeah, I I actually spun to believe believe it or not miss a wreck. I, I was trying to get low and just caught the grass and got spun and thankfully caught the car and kept going and managed to not get a unsafe entrance onto pit road and a speeding penalty on pit road. I managed to avoid those somehow. Um, but yeah, I, I will definitely take the top five. That that six hundred is a no joke race though. It is grueling as anything. It's fun though. Good run. Good run for both you guys, Craig and David. You guys finished. Mike, you didn't finish, but you still got a P12. Yeah, I ended up, uh, like Craig was saying, we ended up being on different um, pit strategies. And what happened was, uh, I don't know, guys were pitting on 40-lap tires, and there was like 58. Uh, the pit window was 58 laps with our with our setup, and I didn't, I didn't want to go in, right? So about three or four pit stops in, um, it was working out pretty well. It's behind the leader. Um, I believe it was actually David that was in the wreck. Um, I believe a lap car got into him. But what happened was I, I ended up smashing right into his, his back end, pretty much full speed. So I was toasted. Yeah, we were, like, like, like Mike said, we were on different strategies. And I had a bit of a damaged car. And I was on, like, 40-lap old tires. But I was still going because, it, uh, you know, I hadn't gone through enough fuel yet. Then... Uh, lap guy, I was letting by me on, I, I, he said he was on newer tires, so let him go, no problem, and right when he gets in front of me, Mike's coming up behind me, I'm getting ready to move over, and the guy just ends up spinning in front of me, there's nowhere I can go, I bump him, and didn't take a lot of damage, but he got right in front of Mike, and Mike's car just got pretty much totaled because of it. Yeah. And the insane thing is Mike finished 12th, 134 laps down. <laughs> Well, and that was, uh, the good thing was, is we had a good shot at that, too, because Mike qualified on the pole, and I qualified second. I think there was a hundredth, or, yeah, about a hundredth of a second between Mike and I's qualifying times. Yeah, I was like a tenth off of you guys, too. It wasn't bad. Our setup was awesome. The problem is, is just these lap car guys constantly stay low. They don't get out of the way of the leaders, 
and then they want to race you when they're like 30 laps down. It's it 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 it's unfortunately it's one of the main problems iRacing has, but I don't know what they would even do to begin to fix it. Or or they wreck in front of you and then they they start moving again while everyone's t- still trying to get by, right? And then they just get in the way. Uh, yeah, that that happens sometimes. I mean, some guys are actually just trying to hurry up to get to the bottom so they get out of people's way, but yeah, that that generally doesn't end well either. But a lot of guys, like I've been on the bad side of that too, where like I'll wreck and I hold the brakes, and then somebody comes flying through, and you know, even though I'm stopped, they still hit me, and then I get bounced all over the track and end up hitting four other people. So you're kind of doomed if you do, doomed if you don't, type thing. Yep. So. But, all right, let's jump to the next day. Uh, Sunday open early in the morning. Mike, you did it. P1, you won a NASCAR iRacing race again. So you're running uh, almost every week here. Yeah, I suppose three three weeks in a row now, is it? Or no, right. so not three. Two, two with three wins or something? Something like that. It's three. Yeah, because yeah, you, you won at Kansas and you won at Charlotte. Won twice at Kansas and won at Charlotte. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's right. You won twice at Kansas. Well, tell us how you did it. Well, it was, it was a great car, very fast car. I uh, kept it clean. Never, never pushed it over to the corners. I always hit my marks. Uh, did did not touch the wall coming out of turn four, which was a big one for me. I always like to push it coming out. Um, for for the first, I don't know, half a race, it was it was close. But I mean, we're all just trying to survive, right? And then what happened was the last 150 laps, it was me and Albert fighting P1. We kept dueling it out and i knew it was going to be a nice little duel by the end um great racing great passes i loved every second of it and um actually i have to give a shout out to flowers because he gave me some really good advice on my suspension adjustments coming in from pit stop that kept me at the top uh battling for the lead and then i ended up pushing or i believe there was a shootout for the last 15 laps and i ended up breaking out and having a four second lead by the end of the, end of the race there yeah, Mike wouldn't have won that race if I hadn't helped him with that with the suspension thing. But I can't take all the credit for that because that type of stuff was what Greg taught me how to do to loosen up the car. So it was as much Greg as it was me with him giving me that info earlier in the week. See, that's the thing about being on a team. It all kind of flows yeah, together. Really. The worst part is, is I wasn't even able to run with Mike on that one. I wanted to run Mike in that race. <laughs> Missed the starter, didn't wake up. Nope, I got a broken wheel. Oh, that's right. I think the results would still have been the same, though. Yeah, the, the other thing that sucked <laughs> about that race is uh, poor Chris, though. Like, everywhere he went in that race, there was just carnage, and he ended up getting DQ'd out. Like, he was 60 laps in and was already at, like, 16x, and, you know, 95% of it wasn't his fault. It's like he'd go to, like, where the open part of the track is, and then, like, 10 cars would just congregate there, and... It was ridiculous, but I gotta go, guys. I will catch you later. Have a good rest of the podcast. All right. Yeah, there's one more result. And that Sunday night, I ran. Uh... Oh, wait a minute. Let's talk about your race, Chris. Uh, it was a terrible race, is what you wrote down. Uh, you were in yeah. bottom split. Yeah, that was yeah, the one flower was talking about. But uh, um, oh man, uh, Morley, Greg, the guys, they they spent a ton of time. Um, practicing for this race, the set was amazing. I got up. This was the only open I was gonna get to run, so I got up two hours before it started to make sure I was yeah. awake, had time yeah. to practice, and I was the fastest car in that race by a lot. And that's usually I'm not the top five in the split, but it was a bottom split. I was the four car. I said that like the top guys, um, you know, all this top five. I was destroying these guys in practice. And just couldn't I just couldn't miss any of the the wrecks. There was twice when uh after some long runs it was just me and another guy on a straightaway, he hits the wall and manages to find my car. Like it was it was frustrating. I'm still hurt over that one because I'm not usually that quick. And yeah, yeah I, I didn't even get close. I was destroyed by halfway. Yeah, that's too bad, Chris. It was a good car. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, you guys put a ton of work on working in on it, and man, it was just 
It was unfair in that bottom split race. Yeah, it's I just wanted to say we put like 1,100 laps into that thing in practice before we raced her. Wow. Like, well, if you think about uh, even in that race when we did the 600 race, I think I made an adjustment on every pit stop just to try and see what it would do. User disconnected from your channel. Yeah. Yeah. I was making adjustments for that win too, right? Like every pit stop, I was making adjustments to keep her fast. It was great. Great car. It's well, stay on her. what do you, I mean, what kind of adjustments were you doing? Because the track would rubber up or get warm or what was happening? Um, I kept dropping. Well, what happened in the beginning was super tight. She was too tight. Um, I was losing ground. Uh, I believe I dropped to like seventh or something like that in the first bit. And, um, I, David told me, I kept asking David, actually, I believe I first asked Greg on message, but I couldn't get back to the message because all the green flag stops. And David ha happened to be online, so he, he told me to drop the suspensions, um, left and rear suspension, 0.25, and then Don't see if that worked. <laughs> yeah, see if that worked, and then go from there, right? And then, and then the other ones were just, uh, like, maybe add half a pound in the right rear, um, I believe my winning, my winning one was actually, I don't mind giving it away now because the race is already done, but um, I was able to make that four second lead just by putting a uh, half pound in the left rear. There you go. And Chris, your thing is just racing luck. I mean, if you had better racing luck and were able to dodge that stuff, you'd be okay. Yeah, I said this, you know, it's my rookie season, so there's been plenty of races where I've made my own bad luck but yeah these last couple of weeks there has been more of just in the wrong wrong place at the wrong time yep and after i finished uh, 10th on wednesday night i went ahead and run sunday night by myself i, I dq'd out with 15 to go uh living up to my reputation of the most incidents in the uh, nascar fix series i guess but i had 22 incidents and i finished 21st um, I was running 15th when I was 15 to go when it DQ'd me out. And the reason it DQ'd me out is I knew I was out of incidents and one more was going to put me out. And I was just riding along and they wrecked in front of me on the front stretch. It all blocked up, all of it. I can miss it, but I have to go on the grass to miss it. The moment I went on the grass, 1X, boom, I'm out. Yeah, I was rooting for you there, Mike. I'm still going to keep prying for an adjustment to those incident points. I wish they could tone them down a little bit. Like I said, not not to dirt car level, but just a, a little bit. Because I mean, even um, I don't want to see people getting DQ'd out of races, especially well, never. And there's plenty of times where you can have those points and the car's still in pretty good shape. Yeah, I'm not a wrecker. Too. I was seeing that too, because like like Mike was saying, he, he had 15 laps to go, and he hit like what was it, 20, 20 or 22 for the 400. 22 laps? is the max, yeah. Yeah, for the 400 laps, they should at least increase it for 400, I think. Yeah, and it just needs to be more forgiving. I mean, even just for like netcode stuff. I mean, you you don't want to get a 4x from netcode ever, and that happens often. It does, yeah, and I think it even happened that race. I had a netcode for a 4x, and, and and the thing was, it was all bad racing luck. And I was just involved in a lot of people's crap, and I ended up with too many incidents. And it wasn't like I screwed up and was wrecking people and doing all that. You're right. I wish it was a little higher. It should be 26 or 28 or something. I almost feel like it needs to fall off over time. If you're in a really big wreck, get 4, 8x, wrecking gone the way back to the pits or whatever, and you stop, stop the race, you should end the race with 8x. But if you take the time get your car fixed, get back out there and okay. start logging laps. Yeah. They need to like deteriorate. So you go from like eight to six to four to two. Say so you have another incident, you get back to four. Well, now you're going to be at six versus being at 12 or whatever it may be. I almost feel like you should be rewarded yeah. by fighting through, getting back out there and logging clean laps versus the people that go out there. That's a good bomb, idea. Wreck. And then in their race right then and there. I actually really like that too. It's almost like a live uh, safety rating counter, damage counter almost. Yeah, because like I was It'll doing a rough. The more laps you turn. Like a rough race for road to try to boost my license up. And 
a guy spins out, cuts across the track, T-bones me. Um, I didn't have enough time to come to a complete stop because I was like five or six car lengths back, but he just jumped on track, T-boned me, spun me out. That gave me 4X. The car was destroyed, so I spun off once going back to the pits. But I get back, get it fixed, and go out and log all clean laps. It's like one incident should penalize you, but not to the point where, like, hey, I'm going to stay in and persevere. Like, I feel like it should count back down at a certain point. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Uh, so my points, I took a look this week. Uh, open, I'm I was 55th, and I moved to 48th. So that was a pretty good jump. Uh, and then in fixed, I went from 55th to 51st in points. And I'm in Division Two in both of those uh, series. Oh, I haven't even checked mine, actually. Yeah, check it out. You know, as the season goes on, you're you're likely to keep going up if you keep making starts. In Division Four, I'm thirty uh, second. There you go. All right, uh, let's talk official racing. Uh, Will you won uh, won a race? Your first official three sixty non wing sprint car at Lanier. Wow. Yeah, I've won two of those, but they weren't official because we had, I think, like five cars. Um, it's hard to get those races to go official, but I finally got one. It was first race in the 360, uh, first race at Lanier I've won. Um, Chris actually scales hopped in at the very end, but I got the pole, won the heat and led every lap. But second place was no further than a four-tenths of a second back the entire race. Um Actually, towards the end of the main event, it went caution-free, and I was starting to stress that the car was getting really tight as it burnt off fuel, and I don't run the virtual mirror at all, being in VR and enjoying dirt racing. I don't believe in that mirror. So I didn't know where he was, and I'm like, I feel like he's on my outside. I'm going to move up a lane. And then he started to gain more, so I'm like, okay, i got to go back into the lane I was in. And it turns out he was actually on the bottom just throwing it in really hard every time, and good clean racing he just couldn't get the momentum and drive off so it felt really good it wasn't a race that i felt was handed to me at all i had to race really smart and keep my wits about me and it was a ton of fun it felt good to check that one off the list he was right on you you put up a video there so we could see and he was on you i mean he was right there one little slip and he's got you you know and uh, it was all about track position really you know winning the heat and getting the pole and all that uh, I, did that really lead to, you know, you win in that race? I think uh, to an extent, um, I qualified a little over a tenth quicker than him. Um, I actually stiffened up the right rear torsion bar to keep the car from squatting because it was a really heavy track. So I could really carry the momentum on the bottom and drive off. And if you watch the video, he kind of gets, he almost like dives it in squats it on the right rear then drives off but he could never carry the momentum i feel like if he got in front of me i could have got it back it wouldn't have been easy at all but it definitely helps and he raced me really really clean um if you watch the video it um it's definitely close but he keeps it keeps it really clean so yeah he probably could have been a little dirty and beat you but he didn't yeah i think he was just trying to get to my inside so i would kind of get spooked and kind of jump out of my lane um that's really common like when i used to race go-karts and stuff is once you kind of get to that guy's inside like that a lot of people will just kind of check up and move up the track and i knew i wasn't going to do that so um but yeah it was looking at the video i'm glad i didn't move up another lane because i was starting to work my way higher and higher and he started to get a good run and i was like oh crap man where's he at and chris logged in just in time to watch like the last three laps so he didn't really give me a whole lot which is all good, but yeah, it was a ton of fun. Very heart racing, but it felt really good to have a good clean race. And I actually got my achievement for five clean dirt races in a row. So that's that's a really wow. cool thing. That's a great achievement to have right there. Yeah, I've gained over 200 I rating on dirt this week. So I'm starting to get back on that that grind. Good job, Will. All right. Yeah. I got to watch the last few laps of that race. I don't think that guy had anything for you, Will. <laughs> he was diving in there as hard as he could, but man, he just couldn't. He couldn't carry the momentum like you were. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I'm rewatching it. He got it, close. Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> it was good racing. All right, and then Mike, uh, you ran NASCAR A Open a 
uh, a few times, but one time we noted you got a finish in uh, fifth, top five. Yeah, A opens a lot of fun for me. I ended up getting like you end up getting put with guys that are like sometimes way above you, right? And I believe that's one of the races where I had almost like a three thousand uh, I rating split or something like that, and I didn't have anything for the guys that were up there. In all honesty, it was a good race though. I liked it. It's fun to race those guys and see how you stack up, you know, and see what you're lacking. Um, all right, well, let's jump into uh, next uh, topic is World Championship Grand Prix Formula One. Chris Gales, tell us about what happened. Yeah, it's like uh, Mark Backham, if I'm pronouncing yeah. his name right, leads the iRacing Grand Prix World yeah. Championship after five races. Picked up a, the last race win at Monza on May 12th. The car set the track again on June 2nd at Watkins Glen. All the racing can be found on Race Spot TV. And um, iRacing has a Twitter post here that has the, the current point standings. And it looks like uh, Bakum with uh, 372 points. And then probably a, a bunch of names um, we've all heard before. We have Mitchell DeJong, Utu, Kroenke, all. Um, in the top four. All right, Mac Backham. But Mitchell DeJong, uh, the guy from California, he's doing really good leading the points, and he's got a really nice lead over Hutu. Yeah, well, he's not leading. Kind of, Actually, Mac yeah. is leading, uh, but he's second, right? Yeah, those top two are kind of in a league of their own between Backham and DeJong. So second win of the season. All right, and then Peak is off this week. So, Will, tell us about World of Outlaws. What happened there? Yeah, it was um, a really, really good race. Um, they were racing at Limeland. Um, Alex Bergeron picked up the win. And, I mean, racing every heat consolation was good all the way across the board. Um, like 20 late mo- or super late models on that tight quarter-mile track, um, I mean, it doesn't get any better. Um, there was only a couple cautions to break up the action. It was a 50-lap feature. Um, very fast, very quick show, less than an hour, I think, for the whole thing. And, um, Bergeron, um, was running second for quite a while, had a mid-race restart, and he, uh, started second, so he had the preferred line, but just got a really good jump on the start, didn't let the leader get away, and kind of took that groove away and ran away with it. It was, um, it was really good. Track conditions were rough for the drivers, but it made it really racy, multiple grooves. A lot of guys were actually working the bottom. Because if you're aware, User disconnected from your channel. A, a tiny track. So when you're up against the fence there, it's no room for air. So a lot of guys were making good time on the bottom because one of the guys on the outside would get in the wall and it would kind of stack that freight train up. But a very, very good show. Very entertaining and a good step in a positive direction after uh, the last week's sprint car debacle. All right, good. And there wasn't any uh, announcer snafus or... No, I mean, the whole show front to back was, I mean, really, really good. Um, Very entertaining. It was almost too fast, I would say. They bust through all four heat races. Um, Each one of those takes three to four minutes, it feels like, which under green flag, I mean, it goes pretty quick. Constellation race was really good. I mean, the good, hard, clean racing. There was some contact, but nothing that was race ending or detrimental to anybody. And then the main, I mean, 50 laps at that track, I mean, you're putting up uh, high 12-second laps, low 13s, and those 50 laps clicked away really, really fast. So I would say as a show overall, as a race fan, it was phenomenal. Um, I almost feel like they need to put like a warm-up time, like maybe a 10-15 minute window between the B main and the A main to one, at least let the drivers catch their breaths, maybe get some interviews before the race. But yeah, it was a, it was a perfect show. Cool, cool. Yeah, I watched the highlight reel. Sure looked like a, a, a lot of different uh, lines were being used there at the Lima Land. And that makes for a good race to watch anyway. It looked like it was fun to watch. Yeah, it, I mean, it is the smallest track on the service. Most of them are half miles. That one's a quarter mile. And it's kind of like a Martinsville-type paperclip. Um, it does have good banking around the top. But the way the track wore in, it was... Fast at the cushion, but really risky. If you didn't set it right, you would get in the wall and scrub so much speed. And there was a, I mean, there was a line up there, but a couple guys were just making the bottom work, and it was really good racing. Um, I don't know. 
what they need to take from this to apply to other tracks or maybe the way they're prepped or the way they, the starting state is. But they need to look at that and figure out what made it work and try to apply that to the rest because it was really good. All right, let's jump into the next topics. Uh, it's getting to be that time of year again. Uh, we're approaching week 13, which means a new build is coming. And iRacing, they're one of us. They know what we're thinking, and uh, they sure tweeted a pretty cool little uh, gif. Uh, and it said, it's getting to be that time of year again. Uh, pretty interesting. What would you guys think? I thought it was pretty funny. Um, I feel like as soon as we get a build, we're already looking to the next one. So um, I know I haven't been a member for too long. I think this build, I started, I think, mid-June or early July. So I'm coming up to my one-year mark. And I, I get to the point where, like, three, four weeks in, I'm like, okay, cool. What's next? I love what we got, but let's get more and get these updates. Yeah. And, uh the, the gif is kind of funny. It's a Brad Pitt and he's like approaching like a homeless guy or something. And, uh, the guy's like asking for something, but he's afraid to approach. And it's kind of one of those things where everybody wants to know what's going to happen in the build, but they won't, they haven't announced it or, you know, there is some stuff trickling out. So let's get into that. Uh, Chris, what did you find out? Um, uh, Tyler Hudson posted on the forums, um, kind of news about the super late models um he stated there's going to be an update in the next build um saying a lot of changes aim to get the car up to spec and improve the overall user experience that doesn't um really say anything about what they're going to um be doing to it but i know it was in response to uh, on the forums to a, a user named justin warner who was complaining that the the chassis hasn't felt right since they added, um, what was he called, uh, chassis flex to the the stock cars. So I haven't been racing long enough to know what the cars race like before that change was made, and to really understand what he's talking about. But you know, hopefully, uh, whatever they do is an improvement. Yeah, this is the pavement super late model. Yeah, like I said, I, I haven't. I've only raced what they have now, so I that's all I know. It's kind of cool. That series is looks like it's on the verge of death, so I think it'd be really cool if they do something to kind of spark that interest again, because those cars look a ton of fun. It just looks hard to find uh, find an official race in them. Or even yeah. host it or anything. And so I don't know how they, were how they were to drive before, but they're really fun to drive now. But yeah, just like you said, there's it's either not going to go official, or if it does, you're not, you know, you're just going to have one split, and for somebody that's you know, new to a lot of these tracks, I don't want to be running against guys that have, you know, 4,000, 6,000 I rating. <laughs> okay. Uh, next up, uh, we found out another post by Tyler Hudson about the uh, A, B, and C car. Uh, he said, we're getting new suspension geometry um, with lower camber gain in the upcoming build. And this has led to people saying... Well, that means that, that we're not getting the new version 7 tire. And this is a, a, a fix or a temporary fix to the high camber thing. And so it sounds like they're just going to redo the car to make it work with our existing tire is what it sounds like, uh, is what people are saying. And then uh, Tony Gardner also posted, if talking about the camber issue... We rework the suspensions on the stock cars, and it will be in this build. Should be a nice improvement, he says. I'm excited for it. I'm super excited to get rid of this camber. Even though I've been winning with it, like, it's just, it doesn't feel, you feel like you're cheating almost, right? Like, especially with guys that don't know anything about it. <laughs> well, it, it's the thing, is it going to fix the problem or not? You know, I, I know that, Mr. John Hammer, who's a friend of the podcast, he was posting on the forums that um, if this is the case and we're not getting the new tire, he's actually going to stop providing his free setups uh, to the community. 
because uh, he wants a free tire or the next tire. So uh, I don't know what the story is on the tire, you know, if we're not going to get it. I mean, these comments from Tony Gardner and Tyler Hudson indicate that we're not getting a new tire model. Yeah, they they put that tire information out right as the last build came out. So they've had 12 weeks. I don't know if they just didn't meet their deadline or maybe we are getting it, but we're also getting this because they mentioned um, camber gain. So I think that has to do with the way the ride heights are and the way downforce pushes the car back down and adjusts the camber um, while you're racing. But it really bums me out if we're not getting the camber um, or the uh, tire model because I was really looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, I'm hoping that this is an addition to the tire because I thought the tire was pretty much confirmed. That would suck if we didn't get anything. They certainly didn't say anything about it. Yeah, yeah. So are they saying that they're going to pop in the next build, maybe? The tires? Uh, They haven't said anything. They haven't said one way or the other. So I had thought that with that uh, big tire post, wherever the heck it is on the... The forums are on the site that they kind of leaned towards. There was going to be something, a new tire model this build. It may not blow. It might be something different, but I thought well, that, that was pretty much confirmed. I think they confirmed that with the next build we'll get, I think the terms they use, a rapid deflation event was the wording they used. So um, I feel like they confirmed that will be part of the V7. That was 12 weeks ago, though. Yeah. And you haven't heard a word on it in 12 weeks. I think they're probably trying to really rush because I know we aren't getting data night. I almost feel like we need to get data night first because it sounds like we're getting uh, variable weather at that point, which would dramatically affect the way the tires are. So I feel like we're going to have to get data night first is their priority, then the tire model. Well, we know data night's not coming this build. So they've already told us that, I think, last week. So let's get into the next topic, uh, well, they were speculation. What is going to be in this build, as we're discussing? Um, I think everyone's forgetting the big elephant in the room. What about artificial intelligence, AI drivers? Yeah, there was um, a post basically confirming what we know. We're getting the Porsche, Belle Isle, but there really hasn't been much else confirmed yet. So obviously we're all going to speculate and um, AI was a very big one. Obviously, we've seen pictures of the Subaru GRC. But, yeah, there was just a lot of talk and speculation as far as what we were going to get on the forums. And I actually wrote, like, a team question for everybody here. Um, what do you think we'll see in the next build that they haven't mentioned? And what would you like to see in the next build? I think yeah. the only problem with the AI would be the fact that, like, are they, are they going to be competitive or is it just going to be practice? Right? Like, it should be competitive. Any AI I've ever raced against in any, uh, I, I hate to bring it out there, but any like the consoles or any anything in general, they're they're very lacking in in competitiveness. I don't know if that's just me or well, we'll see. I'm worried about. Yeah, we'll have to see. Um, it, when they talk first announced it, there was a lot of you know boasting that it was going to be you know competitive. So. We'll have to see. I don't, you know, I'm interested to see for sure. The other thing was the new damage model was, I think, something, you know, we know they've been working on that. Maybe that's coming out and nobody has thought about it. I didn't even know they're coming out with one. There's been sporadic videos and stuff showing uh, over in the past, but nothing recently, but um, how parts would come off the car, you know. Like you'd have an incident and the whole bumper would come off or the clip. Oh, I see this now. Like the, with the Viper, is that what it is? Is that the yeah. Viper? So who knows? Yeah. I mean, uh, there's a lot of speculation. There's a big forum post about it. What did you guys think, uh, Will? What, which one was the most uh, outlandish? Oh, man, there's a million of them. Um, I would say one of the ones that would be outlandish but not completely out of the realm would be flat spotting your tires. I feel like that's not going to happen until at least the next tire build by the way that post was, but that was when I was thinking it would be really cool that we get in the sim. Um, they also mentioned before we got that, we'd get weather, and I've been doing a lot more road racing, and I feel like weather would be phenomenal. So I would say I doubt we'll get either one, but I'd like to see both. Yeah. 
And don't forget about uh, what was it, Irwindale, figure eight with a GRC with a jump over the middle. That would be awesome, but they need to build two versions. One with dirt for GRC, and then like an asphalt one so we could like jump some street stocks and stuff. <laughs> and did, what, the, only the jump is dirt and everything else is pavement? Hey, I'll take that. That'll be fun. <laughs> All right, uh, Chris, tell us about an update on the Mazda Hot Lap Challenge. We have the round one qualifiers are now posted. Yep, I recently posted the results from the first Mazda Time Attack Challenge where the winner will win a VIP trip to the Rolex 24 at Daytona and a test in a global Mazda MX-5 Cup car in 2019. Um, so Damn. far, <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be cool? So yeah, all you have to do that is would have been awesome. Matt, all you have to do is beat uh, Matt Busa. He's um, led round one at, with a two ten four, um, followed by Logan Clampett, Bobby Zelinski, Brian Lockwood, and Travis Schwinke. If I'm saying his name right. Boy, a lot of familiar names there in that top five. Yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah, you're going to see the, the quickest guys come out for that. Those peak guys, like a, yeah. Yeah, an awesome package. I think it's really cool, too. It's, I mean, those peak guys, They most people think they do just primarily oval, and they hop in this Mazda and get it done. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, on the road course. So, good job, uh, Logan and Matt Busa and Bobby Zelinski, top three. All right, Greg had to bounce. He had a headphone problem, so I'll take the next one. Uh, I thought this was funny. I follow Kyle Petty on Twitter. I love Kyle Petty. And uh, somebody uh, tweeted Kyle, Hi, Kyle. So what? So was that an iRacing simulator you were driving? I like that curved screen and such, and I was thinking of purchasing one also. Any help would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, Craig. And Kyle responded on Twitter. He said, tweet Parker Kligerman. He will know. He's the king of iRacing. So I thought it was pretty funny that uh, he thinks Parker's the king of iRacing for some reason. Yeah. But apparently what happened, I didn't see it, but uh, uh, apparently on the uh, NBC uh, weekly show, they put Kyle on the uh, iRacing simulator, Kyle Petty. And let him run some laps at Charlotte. And from what I had read in another thing, um, he didn't quite do very well. <laughs> I heard a lot of uh, pro drivers try and get on the iRacing and they don't do well. I, I, I don't know. Maybe we're just that good. <laughs> you think it's, you know, we know it translates the other way, but how come it doesn't translate backwards? You know what I mean? I think probably one of the biggest things is when you see these guys get in there, they just hop in. I think you have to really kind of learn the equipment, learn the brakes, really get those intricacies. I mean, I just adjusted some settings on my wheels and brakes uh, a few weeks ago, and I still a week later, I'm still learning them and all the details. So I think no matter how good you are, it's going to be tough to hop in and try to be fast. I think they probably have that pressure like, hey, I'm a pro driver. I'm going to be fast right out the gate and overdrive it just a little. Yeah, that that is so true too. Because I also changed my settings in the set, in the car roughly two weeks ago, and I got those wins right. I went minimum forty percent um, force, and I can feel everything now, right? So I guess it all depends on how they have it all set up, and um, if they have it all ca ca calibrated. Sorry. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's important. I think. All right, so that transitions to the next topic. Uh... A fun post I found on iRacer, iRacing Drivers World Facebook page. Uh, Kevin Bonner posted up a pic of uh, him racing a big name racer, um, and he was uh, kind of you know boasting about it. And so the, it's a list of all the people in the race, and and so all the different comments on the uh, post are, oh well, uh, speculating about who on the list is the famous one he's referring to. And it turns out to be none other than uh, Jeffrey Earnhardt, who uh, got a few different starts in the 2018 uh, Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series this year with, uh, I think it's Starcom Motorsports. 
But anyway, uh, Jeffrey Earnhardt was in a race, uh, and so it's kind of funny the people talking about, uh, you know, who on the list might be the famous one. And uh, one guy, Grant Brown, told us he had to kick Jeffrey uh, out of a race last night, Jeffrey Earnhardt, because he was a hazard, and he took out half the field in turn one on the first lap at Charlotte. And so just because you're a professional race car driver, I guess, doesn't mean you can iRace. He was sponsored by that simulation company. He has a really nice rig, VR, the whole shebang. Um, almost feel like somebody probably bumped him trying to race him too hard. He spun, and then the guy was like, I'm going to kick Jeffrey Earnhardt. Um, I always feel bad for those guys that they have to share their name because they probably just want to hop in and have a good time. And then once they're in there, everybody wants to race them like their life depends on it. It almost makes you think maybe he had somebody different in his rig. Like he let a family member use it or something. Yeah, who knows? Or doesn't know how to set up the hardware. (laughs) What I think is funny is on that same post, I see a name right there named Dude Conrad. And I just raced with that guy. (laughs) Yeah, he was one of the, that's what some of the people were speculating. He was the famous one. I was, uh, the, the name I speculated was Don Sadusky, which is a guy I used to race a long time ago and he's still around, but, uh, I thought it was funny to say Don Sadusky was the famous one. Okay. Well, what's next? Hard, uh, hardware this time, hardware, software. Yeah. We got a bunch of, uh, topics to talk about hardware, software this week. Uh, first one is Sim Experiences having their 2018 summer sale. Um, for a limited time during the sale, uh, um, they're offering the AccuForce V2 direct drive wheel, um, the Your Way mode, which looks like it just comes with the Sim Commander and the um, hub itself for $749, and then the fully prepped complete edition for um, $1,149. So really good selling some direct drive wheels. Holy cow, I want one so bad. I want the V2. For the 1,149. That is definitely on my wish list. It's a beautiful wheel. You know, and it's direct drive. It's got all the buttons that you could possibly want on a wheel. Yeah, and it looks like the wheel's interchangeable on that hub. So if you had a Max Pappas wheel or um, maybe like a nice Momo wheel, you could swap those out and really kind of make it your own while still using their hub. And the base is pretty slim. It's not very tall. You know, it's a fairly small footprint. And, uh, boy, I just love this wheel. I mean, if I, I'm so tempted to buy this. My wife told me, look, no, and she didn't even see it. I didn't even ask yet. And she's already told me no. Oh. We got another good looking wheel coming up here too. All right, uh, Chris, tell us about what else we found hardware-related. Uh, yeah, uh, Dem Racing Simulators, D-E-M Racing Simulators, posted a cart simulator to Facebook. Um, you can see this on their Facebook uh, page at Dem Racing Simulators. But basically, it's a, a cockpit that looks like a go-kart, you know, for the guys. It is a go-kart. Wanna, yeah, it, yeah, it really is. Um the only thing is, is this thing is like, uh, let's see, they had a couple different models, one for uh, seven and one for 9,000 euros. I don't know what that go, what that translates into American, but um, it seems like it'd be around the same as actually just going out and buying a real go-kart. Yeah, I was just going to say, you could probably buy one for like 2,000 and just put it in the pedals yourself. Yeah, of course, well, you, know, you gotta fix it if you wreck it. So if you're a go-kart fan, this is probably the way to go, but this thing is cool as hell. Oh, yeah, it's it a motion cool. rig, guys. Uh, the, if you watch the video, the the thing is moving. And so a big cost, part of that cost, is the D-Box motion system that this go-kart is attached to. Yeah, those things ain't cheap there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, you would think it would be a little bit less pricey for one for a go kart than um, what you would see for a regular sim, because you would think that you'd have to have, uh, you know, less motion because uh, there's uh, you know there's hardly any suspension on those things. Did you see the uh, the uh, was it the F1 car beside him? 
Yeah, he's got a chassis. It looks like an IndyCar or a Formula One chassis or something. Oh, I didn't see that back there. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that looks sexy. <laughs> I want that one. <laughs> that would turn into a good cockpit. I mean, maybe that's the plan. Yeah, I would bet. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool looking rig. I've never seen one made out of a go-kart. So this is a first. It's an actual go-kart. It's on a D-Box system. It doesn't show how it's attached or anything, but pretty cool. Uh, next up, Sim Experience Racing Simulator's Facebook page uh, put up some pictures of a recent customer who bought two, not one, but two of their Stage 5 racing simulators, which is the all the bells and whistles, everything, including the monitors and everything. And wow, what... Uh, man cave this guy has and that's why i wanted to talk about these pictures what do you guys think of this guy's man cave jealous i'm just bringing it up now quick. It, it's like an entire basement and he's got a foosball a pool he's got a bar he's got a little kitchenette he's got a little dining table it's like a, an entire basement and Sure enough, he's got two iRacing simulators as well, right next to each other with triple screens. So, so does he rent this out? <laughs> like, that looks amazing. There's a slot machine. Uh, the floor is a checkered flag kind of look tile. Those are like 60-inch yeah. screens too. Like, Yeah, 60-inch triples or maybe even bigger. Wow, just... Wow. <laughs> yeah, his basement or whatever is like the size of a gym, whatever. You know, his, his main yeah, cave is ridiculous. His basement is bigger than my house. <laughs> now, yeah, my multiple times. And, and don't forget, this is stage five of the motion sim. Yeah, that has full motion. The rear end brakes loose. Vibration for uh, brake lockup. I mean, that has every detail you're going to feel in the car. 26,000 for a stage five, guys. Good. Good God. Wow. We, we get those Mega Ball numbers. We're in there. I guess you can afford it with a basement like that, though, right? Well, that's the thing. Not one, but two of them, okay, at 26000 Do you guys see, like, the, for the picture of the back of the TVs there, is that an RV to the left that's in his wall? Yeah, it looks like it might be in yeah. a garage that's partitioned off or something. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Guy's got a massive garage and man cave. Pretty cool. All right, next up, uh, a teaser by Fanatec has come out this week, and it's really just a tweet teaser. There's no pictures. There's nothing except a date, and the date shows as July 13th, 2018. And so their new podium system, which will be a direct drive wheelbase, will be released apparently July 13th. Yeah, I remember in the initial release they mentioned um, that there was going to be two different models, um, but we only see one here. So I don't know if maybe they found it like a good happy medium or what's going on, but that is uh, three days before my birthday, so I'm going to tell my wife what I want. Yeah, all you see is like a little bit of a base and then gold. It's like telling you to get your wallet out. It's like, hey, this is going to cost you more than gold. I don't think it'll cost more than the AccuForce wheel, though. Yeah. yeah I'd be really surprised. Yeah, exactly. That plus, I really like that McLaren GT3 wheel with the dual clutch. Ooh, stuff. Yeah, so, pair that up with this. Yeah, you get that for road racing. Get yourself a Max Pappas on their Universal Hub. You got two wheels, one base. Wow. Ready to rock and roll. And you might be able to get all that for under $1,200, you know? I don't have no idea what the price of this thing's going to be, but we'll see. I, I bet that's about in line, though. I think you're probably about two right. two good wheels with a base. Yeah, you could probably do it for that. Yeah, I think we're at that tipping point. I think we saw it with the AccuForce V2 that costs stabilize and are starting to come down. And now that we got Fanatec, that's a big company with a lot of production power. I think this is where we're going to start to see the Feel VR. We'll have the Podium series. We'll start to have a Bigger selection, more to choose from, more competitive pricing. I think it's a good time to be in the market for these direct drive wheels. Yeah, the Feel VR, we've seen that um, 
recently that that Kickstarter deal, right? Yeah, I think I don't remember what their timeline was. I almost feel like it was closer to September, so this should beat that to the market if it's releasing on July thirteenth. So, yep. All right, very good, uh, Will. Uh, what's next? Yeah, RC Europe um, has a new uh, rig. They call it the S1. Um, they posted a picture on Facebook, and then they have it on their website now. And it is um, it's a nice rig. It can be used for racing and flight simulation. Um, they said it's kind of in between their current RS1 and the N1. Um, it's designed to have extremely extreme rigidity and a compact design. Uh, they have the same wheel support as the N1 and pedal support with sliders, a uh, removable wheel mount, and um, a strong and adjustable mount system for joysticks, throttle, shifters, and handbrakes. So um, looks like they have a new rig. Looks really nice, very compact. Don't really see any place to mount any kind of monitors. That might just be floor-based. But Yeah, no monitor situation, but it's just a, you know, a place to put your wheel and pedals. Starting with the R seat right here? Yeah. Yeah, if you look at the pictures, there's there's one with the three three screens, keyboard, mouse, everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, lo- it looks completely detached though. So I know, like for myself, um, yeah, I, having I don't like know a VR setup, I don't need that. So to not have that cost tied in, I think is really nice. It looks really nice and sturdy though. Yeah, our seat is a good option um, if you need a a simple you know cockpit. That's not bad. So check it out, uh, R-Seat Europe. All right, let's go into the next one. Chris, what do you got? Actually, I'm getting back to my spot. I lost it looking at that um, that rig. I was checking out some prices. So how much is uh, 700 euros? <laughs> right. Uh, no, we're talking real racers and the real real racers coming over to the iRacing. Probably around fifteen hundred bucks. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I got my spot back. I was just wondering. I was actually looking at that seat you were just talking about. I was just asking how, if anybody actually knows because that's how much they run that that seat. And I'm actually in the market for a seat right now. And I was wondering. I don't know what the. the... It's probably around fifteen hundred Canadian. I, I wouldn't know roughly, but Dang it. it's, it's a lot. <laughs> like the thing about this thinking about getting a seat is where are you going to put your steering wheel and your pedals in relative to that seat? You know, does it need to be attached like a cockpit? See, that's the thing. So when I, I I'm gonna uh, be going the Oculus route, so really I just need the seat and a really good sturdy base, steering wheel base, all in one rig. But I don't I don't have to worry about the monitor mounts. One thousand fifty right. bucks. There you go. For Canadian. Uh, one of these days. <laughs> but yeah, uh, anyway, next uh, iRacers in the real world. Um, uh, as we've seen a lot of weeks, RCR's been um, doing their Twitter posts with uh, Austin Dillon uh, running on iRacing. And this week they did another one of him right around uh, Charlotte talking race strategy and right around the sim. Yeah, and he's got a nice-looking AccuForce wheel. Man, I love the look of that. You got that Max Pappas wheel on it. It's right. A, I mean, it's a beautiful. Yeah, that's a really compact, simple, but really nice setup. I mean, it's really high quality in a small area. He's sitting pretty far back in that video. Oh, yeah, we've compla- complained about this before. Uh, his FOV is completely wrong. He's got triples, but he's only got the sim on the center screen. And I can't tell you what everything that's wrong with this picture, but I almost feel like they do that just to capture the footage. Um, they're probably using some kind of like OBS or some kind of screen capture soft software. Right. And if you run the right field of view, you really don't get to see a whole lot um, if you capture just the one screen. So I think I think they just do that to capture that. But I need to go down there and show those guys how to set that thing up. Yeah, right. Go show them what's up, Will. Yeah, they make him like (laughs) sit back farther to so they can see his face or something. I wonder if he actually runs like that all the time. They you give him a couple webcams, one on his face, one on his feet. um, Adjust that field of view. Even maybe even put him in some VR goggles to see what his line of sights are, what he's looking at. They could have some really really good content there. That'd be cool. They'd probably be giving away too much then. 
I just love the big Max Pappas wheel, the full-size NASCAR wheel. Get that right up in your chest, you know, Mark Martin style. You can put your elbow up on it. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm he... wanting to get, something similar. I know Sparko makes one for the, the Thrustmaster bases. I'm not sure who else. I haven't really dug into it yet. When I used to race go-karts, um, I used to use a 13-inch 13 13-inch 13 wheel, and it was too small. I ended up getting a 15-inch, and that's definitely the way to go. I don't know if they're running 15 inches or bigger, but, it, yeah, that the... I don't know what size this is, but it looks like the right size. Yeah, I'd say it's definitely around the 15-inch mark. All right. Uh, another rig we saw from another real racer was none other than Cruz Pedragon, the drag racer. And, boy, what a rig this guy's got. Uh, he's, got a, he's got a fan who's blowing right in his face. He's got a nice little headset. Uh, it looks like a Thrustmaster wheel. Uh, wheelbase, uh, I can't tell which one, and one monitor. See, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not against the one monitor thing. I only race one monitor, and it's it's pretty good. Like it's, I don't know about the steering wheel of the chest though. That's that looks super tight. <laughs> yeah, he's got a pretty tiny wheel there. Uh, looks like a toy, and he's got a, a, some kind of cockpit around him. I'd have, I've never. I don't recognize which one it is. It looks like it might be even custom. Yeah, that definitely looks like something that was custom built. It looks really nice, powder-coated black. It looks clean. Yeah, it's like a pipe. Uh, it goes along the side of him, and on either side it looks like. It's funny. You hear so many stories of people using controllers and joysticks to get two, three, four, five thousand 5,000 I rating. I think it's really your talent more than the gear, but... Some of this gear just looks amazing. Well, Cruz is showing you don't need a lot to get it done out there. Uh, he was doing some laps at uh, Eldora, and he put a picture up on Twitter. All right, let's. Uh, that's it. Let's jump into final thoughts. Chris Scales, what do you got? I'm just ready for week 13. I'm ready for the build. On, and hoping that we have something for the a fix for the camera deal. I think it'll be fun once they get that fixed, especially we had, since we have so many teammates working on sets now. Um, everybody's going to be scrambling, trying to find out what the next exploit is, basically, to get that extra speed out of the car. Yeah, it's like all our sets are going to be no good anymore, probably. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yep. All right, Michael Morley, what do you got? Final thought. Honestly, I, just like Chris, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for this week at Pocono. I, I hope some more of us get a couple of wins out there. Um, yeah, let's just let's just go get it. The team's gonna go get it, and we're gonna race clean and hard, right? That's yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, and it's been nice getting. Uh, you had have three win weeks in a row with wins. Uh, that's pretty impressive. We're we're real happy to have you here and and help you uh, get uh, to that next level. Uh, all right, Will Gibson. Final thoughts. Yeah, I'm just really excited for this upcoming build. I um this will be the first build since I've been on iRacing where I don't have the day off. So unfortunately, I'll have to be monitoring what's going on through Twitter at work. But um yeah, I'm really excited for that upcoming build. I'm excited to see what's coming. I'm having a lot of fun dirt racing again getting that eye rating up against some good clean races and um it's really fun having mike and greg part of the team now they they do a really great job with these sets and work well together and take it a lot of feedback from all of us and i think things are going really good now it's really really coming together all right all right very good uh, my final thoughts uh boy you know charlotte 600 is a long race and boy I don't know why I was thinking we could get it done in three and a half hours, but that first race, I, I was sure that we've done it before in three and a half hours, and uh, there was no way. It is a long-ass race. But uh, not my favorite week. I'm glad it's over with, and we're back to our normal half-distance races, which is like two, two and a half hours, and that's a reasonable amount of time to sit down and run a race in the evening. And So I've been enjoying getting it done, and I'm looking forward to Pocono. Um, you know, Pocono is a rescan, so let's not forget that. Uh, if you haven't raced it since it's been released, uh, it is a little different because there's no grass down the backstretch. It's all paved. Uh, 
there's no escape road on turn two. Uh, and when you grid, you're going to get a nice surprise when you grid up for the first time at the new Pocono. Yeah, um, great. <laughs> all right. And with that, uh, make sure to check us on uh, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Spreaker, Google Play. We are everywhere out there, guys. Uh, with that, we'll see you later. See ya. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.